why are Baptists turning to Torah Club to know Jesus better? And why are Christians worldwide seeking Torah as a fundamental component for discipleship today? You know, Baptists are long known for their love of Israel and diligence in reading the Word of God, but many of them are finding new meaning and richness from a Jewish reading of the Bible. We're going to be discussing this modern phenomenon and more with a Southern Baptist pastor who leads a thriving Torah club with his wife in California. Messiah Podcast is brought to you by Messiah Magazine, a free publication available in print or online at messiahmagazine.org. Put your hand in mine together. We will walk in harmony. Let me introduce you to my teacher, the rabbi from the Galilee. Welcome to Messiah Podcast, where Jesus is Jewish and that changes everything. My name is Ryan. My name is Ruben. Hey, Ruben, it's good to be uh, teaming up with you again. Uh, both of us have been battling COVID over the past two months, but uh, hey, I'm grateful that God helped us both to get through that, and now we're back in the swing of things. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, we were just talking about that in the pre-show, kind of warming up, and it's been a dizzying few months. Um, and I really wanted to take a t- uh, just a second to say thank you to many of our listeners that were praying for us. And actually yeah. reached out to me uh, with encouragement and support. I really appreciate that. So thank you all from the bottom of my heart. I, I, I feel as as if I've kind of come out of that experience with a with a new lease on life. And and that might seem cliche, but but it was pretty touch and go there for me. I was in the ICU, um, and I know you you were sick, but not not quite as bad. So I, I'm just so excited to be on the the better end of that, and looking forward to our conversation today. Oh man, me too. I, I, I echo those sentiments. I, I appreciate the prayers of people who reached out just with concern for both you and me. And so, uh, but yeah, yeah. hey, yeah. it's good to be back. The The holidays are, are behind us now. COVID's behind us, or at least for us personally, <laughs> of course, we're, we're still praying for the yeah. end of this uh, this global pandemic, but uh, glad for Hashem's mercy uh, with, with both of us. That's so, right. hey, Ruben, um, this past summer, uh, you were with me at the Southern Baptist Convention uh, in your hometown of Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, we were there representing First Fruits of Zion and uh, running our booth in the exhibition hall. And so we've had a booth at the Southern Baptist Convention for a number of years now. But this was your first experience uh, at the SBC conference. So, uh, hey, what was your impression of the level of interest that Baptist leaders have towards Messianic Jewish teaching? Yeah, it was actually a really great time at the SPC, and I was—I think they had record numbers there. As a matter of fact, uh, oh, it was—it was crazy. Yeah, there were yeah. tons of people there. I think like so, ten thousand people or something like that. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it, it was it was very busy. It was a lot of yeah. fun. A lot of uh, it was it was nice to be around so many people. But for, just to answer your question, you know, from my time at the booth and the conversations that I had. Um, I noticed a lot of interest, a lot of, uh, you know, what's Torah Club? What's, you know, what is that? You know, I think mm-hmm. generally Baptists are interested in, in, in this idea. But what I noticed even more than just interest was actually recognition of what Messianic Judaism was. I, I mean, we're, we've been in this long enough, Ryan, that we know when we mention Messianic Judaism, you might get some skeptical nods, like, you know, oh, what's that? <laughs> right. And, and I'm rec- I see that a lot more people are recognizing the the term and 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 are finding an interest in discovering the sort of Jewish roots of their Christian faith. So even if they don't 
exactly know what it is. There's definitely uh, some recognition there, and that was interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, Ruben, uh, I think that's just one one more piece of evidence um, that we can look to that something big is happening in, in the Christian world in general and in the Baptist world in particular uh, regarding re- the, the restoration of the Jewish foundations of the faith. And I, I think this is a prophetic thing. Uh, the Southern Baptist Convention in particular, it's the largest evangelical denomination in the United States. So if there are some foundational ideas regarding the Jewish Jesus that that need to be restored within the church, then it's really great to see what's happening uh, in the Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Many Baptists are seeing that Jesus is Jewish. They're accepting this fact. And as we say, that changes everything. Yeah. And it really does. I mean, when you put Jesus into that context, it opens up a whole new world of understanding and, and richness. And we're seeing that as evidence of it within this movement of the number of Baptists who are now involved in Tour Club. Right. And one of those Baptists, of course, is uh, Keith Price, who we'll, we'll bring yeah. on soon to discuss. But uh, it's it's exciting. Yeah, it is. Hey, so uh, we're going to introduce Keith in just a few minutes, and I know our, our audience is going to enjoy Keith a lot. But uh, hey, uh, I don't, you know, we're, we're mentioning Torah Club a lot here at the outset, and I don't want to make the, the assumption that all of our listeners know True. what Torah Club <laughs> is. So, so Ruben, just real quick before we introduce Keith, give us a quick description of what Torah Club is. Sure, of course. So Torah Club uh, really at its, you know, a basic description is it's a weekly small group Bible study from a Messianic Jewish perspective. That's that's uh, essentially what it is. Um, each student receives a pack of workbooks each month, and they contain the lesson commentary and questions for that week. Then each week we actually meet up and discuss those questions. That's the basics. But Tour Club is actually a lot more than that. Um, and as I've uh, been a co-leader here, I've noticed it grow and and kind of uh, morph into something more, which is really it's a uh, it's a community, mm. um, it, it's uh, it's a commitment that disciples of Yeshua are making to challenge one another to look beyond what we think we know about the Bible and discover the historical, cultural, and linguistic context that's been lost to us for two thousand plus years. You know, it's a place where like minded people fellowship, and at its core, Tour Club is a global community. It's yeah. it's a global community where disciples of Yeshua learn. Yeah, yeah, and I know you're speaking from from very personal experience because yeah. not only you know, even before you came on staff with First Fruit Design as our director of communications, you were leading a Torah club for right. for several years, and so right. uh, I know it's been uh, been something that you've been very passionate and and seeing the benefits of. So uh, appreciate yeah. you you giving us just that quick description there. So, hey, we are definitely excited about what's happening uh, around the world with Torah Club, and and we're going to really hear about a great Torah Club today uh, in California. So let's go ahead and begin our discussion with Baptist Minister Keith Price. If you want to know the Jewish Jesus, Don't miss out on a free subscription to Messiah Magazine, where you'll discover his life and teaching, learn about the biblical festivals, and get connected with Israel. Subscribe for free at messiahmagazine.org. Messiah Magazine is a free, donation-supported quarterly publication of First Fruits of Zion. Uh, 
All right, we are very happy to welcome our friend and co-laborer, Keith Price. Hey, Keith, it's great to have you. Welcome to Messiah Podcast. Oh, thanks, Ryan. It's great to be here. You know, you know, we always have fun when we get together, right? <laughs> oh, no question about it. No question. There's no shortage of stuff for us to talk about, debate, argue, have fun, and and it's always good. So, uh, hey, Keith, before we uh, we dig into our discussion, um, I want to tell our, our listeners a little bit about you. So you are uh, an ordained Southern Baptist minister, and, and you're correct. serving right now as an elder at a Southern Baptist church in Bakersfield, California. Uh, you've also, I know, um, you, you, you've got a great story. You've served as a senior pastor in a Southern Baptist church, and and uh, so thus, you know, you, you've been helping uh, me with the First Fruit Design booth at the Southern Baptist Convention. Every year we've had it there. You, you and Dina yeah. come out and we have a great time just talking to leaders and pastors. And and I'm going to toot your horn here a little bit. You know, I, I don't think there's anyone better at articulating the importance of Messianic Jewish teaching and Torah club for, for Baptists than, than you are. So it's really good to have this discussion with you. So, uh, you know, we're going to talk today about... Um, why it's so important for Baptists to value the Jewishness of Jesus and, and the ongoing role of the Torah. And we'll, we're going to hear you know, about the, the things that, that are happening uh, among Baptists and within your own Torah club in California. So again, hey, Keith, it's great to have you today. All right. Well, I guess, uh, what should I say? Let's dig in. Would that be? Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, that works here. Yeah, we <laughs> okay. like that. We like that line. Yeah, we, had a, we had a blast <laughs> at, at, at the SBC this year. It's just being able to visit and, and meeting you and your wife. Wife was such a pleasure. You guys are awesome. Uh, and I actually agree with Ryan that that the way that you guys articulate to, especially that crowd, but I'm sure it's it's outside of that, it was incredible to see, you know, and you guys are so passionate, it's wonderful. Um, but I'm curious, um, we didn't have a ton of time to talk, so I'm curious, why don't we just start with your personal story? I mean, you as a, a Baptist pastor, you know, when did you discover uh, sort of Messianic Jewish theology or teaching? Um, you know, uh, I'm sure that it's become a big part of who you are in, in, in your ministry, so just tell us a little bit about your journey and and um, how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so um, I was, uh, you know, I, was, I have a degree in engineering. So I was working as an engineer managing a small um, food processing business up in Washington State and um, had always been involved in church and in faith and um, in various places that we've ever lived and moved to um, different denominations. Um, but um, while we were there in the midst of that, I just felt God calling. And my wife and I talked a lot about it. And um, we were just going to follow something. We didn't know what it was going to be, but we were just going to follow something. Mm -hmm. And um, so in the midst of all of that, this little church in the middle of nowhere, um, Hepner, Oregon, it's a wonderful town full of wonderful people. Um, great place. Um, you, you go about two hours east out of Portland. You go to the middle of nowhere, you make a right, and you go another 45 <laughs> miles. And so you're, you're, you're beyond. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, I'm ready to go there yeah, right yeah, now. No, it's, it's a little. What's the name of the city, Keith? Hep Say it again. Hepner, the name of the city? Hepner, Oregon. Hepner. H-E-P-P-N-E-R. Okay, it. It's right at the base of a dam there, and it's on the edge of the Blue Mountains, Blues Mountains, up Blue Mountains there in Oregon. And um, nice. about 1,200 people. You know, a little town revolves around. Oh, the, that is a small yeah, town. Yeah, revolves <laughs> around the school and kids and everything. Mm -hmm. So we bought a house and moved in. And so, well, anyway, this little town, they, they asked me if I would be their pastor. And I told them no, <laughs> but that I would uh, <laughs> fill in as a preacher until they found somebody. And it wasn't very long after that where we just felt this is, this is what we're supposed to be. And 
a couple months later, you know, they were in their search and they finally said, hey, you sure you don't want to? I said, no. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely take this role on. And so we were there 11 years. Mm-hmm. And so um, wow. this would have been the early 2000s. And um, mm-hmm. after being there a couple of years, my wife, you know, and I've always been big in apologetics. I want to, I'm an engineer. I want to understand how things work, right? So mm-hmm. the apologetics thing always interested me. And I, I just love un, um, trying to understand those things. And so, um, you know, I took over uh, from there. I've always been a Bible studier and took over in this small, small church and, um, you know, was ordained, went through that, started seminary um, and uh, just started to dive in to try to learn. And my first uh, seminary class, the professor uh, was exegesis hermeneutics class. And he started off with, you just, the, this is the, the key thing in understanding how to do what you guys are going to be doing. And it's three most important things when studying the Bible, context, context, context. And then he said, the second principle is this, the Bible cannot mean what it could not have meant to its original audience. Hmm. And those two principles just in my engineering brain just clicked. And it's like, man, yeah. I, I, I got to understand things better. I got I to I, I get this. Right about that same time, my wife bought me a book for Christmas. Um, you guys might be familiar with it. It was Velvet Elvis, if you remember okay. that book. I've heard of it. By a guy named Rob Bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, it was an easy read, you know, a simple read. But in there, um, he had some, a really interesting story about the Jewish context. And it just, it just like, resonated uh, with my heart, you know. And there was a footnote on there. And yeah, I'm an engineer, so I read footnotes. <laughs> so I looked at the footnote and it said, for more information on this, go to jcstudies.com. And so I went to jcstudies.com and that's Dwight Pryor was his website. Uh, okay. And I downloaded his, his free sermon called the, the Whole Gospel for the Whole Man. Hmm. And I listened to it and it just, it just, it was like a knife in the heart. It just, it would just, it pierced. I was, it was so exciting. And I, and I got Dean and I said, Hey, we, you got to listen to this with me. And I was sitting there and I was scribbling notes as fast as I could. So I just started taking everything in that I could get from him, you know, just as, as much as I could diving into all of that stuff. And, um, eventually it's, um, it moved me onto the Jerusalem school for synoptic research, you know, Flusser and Brad Young and those guys and during that stuff. And then my middle daughter wound up, um, you know, and this started to affect my preaching and teaching mm-hmm. slowly, you know, as, as I was trying to grasp and understand where, where I was going with this. And, and then my middle daughter um, wound up going to Taylor University in Indiana, and um, it was not that far from where uh, Dwight's congregation was. And so um, we decided to go over there and visit. He wasn't there that particular day, but my wife was asking him about materials, other materials, other things. And they said, well, you should, you should check out First Fruits of Zion. So we went ahead and, and uh, got checked into First Fruits Design. Now, most people would have started with highest sewed, but at that time you had to, you had to rent the disc or you got the disc and had to send it back, right? <laughs> remember back in the day. Yeah. And um, so, I, and you know, and as, a, as a pastor and, and I was bivoca- well, I was bivocational, um, I just didn't have time to, so I was like, okay, well, let's just dive in. Let's just get one of these Torah clubs, right? And let's just get one and let's do something with it. So, you know, what's a Baptist going to do when he wants to look at a Torah club? He's going to go right to Torah too, right? Because well, let's, let's learn about Jesus <laughs> so, in the Torah. So I went right to Torah too. And uh, man, it just was rocking my world, you know. And then, you know, with Dwight and all of this stuff going on, I can remember it was, it was, it was foundational. It was cracking and reshaping foundations and, 
um, re- and, and then rebuilding on top of mm-hmm. that. And I can remember we had a spot in our house that was, you could pace around the middle of the house mm-hmm. and, um, you know, go through the, you know, past the bedroom, through the kitchen, back out again, through this dining room, you know, and around in a circle. And I'd be pacing around there. And then Dina <laughs> would be sitting on the couch and I would stop and I'd say, do you know how this changes things? Because my brain thinks in terms That's of processes, great. you know, this right. affects this, affects this, affects this, you know, and um, and so I could just see how this was just rocking and changing everything. We began yeah. to dig into it. So, um, so what did what did we do? Start a Bible study. You know, we had about fifteen people. Took them through Torah two. First one. Let's dive into this. Let's not you know. Let's not mess around. Let's get in. So we went through Torah two, and um, and then we went into. Um, uh, uh, some highest sode and ran several of those mm-hmm. and then took that same group through a, a Torah one study, you know, the uh, unrolling the scroll mm-hmm. as, we, as, as we call it. And at the same time, you know, the preaching and teaching and all that stuff's changing. And, and, um, and I was teaching adult Sunday school class. So basically over a two year period, we went through Torah four and Torah six mm-hmm. back to back gospels in, in, in the, in the Chronicles of the Apostles. And, and, um, it just, uh, it was, it was, it was an amazing journey through that process. And also is, so I'm processing it and literally the congregation's processing it alongside of me and, and beginning to learn those things. And it was just, uh, it was just a, a lot of fun. And I can remember, Two sermon series, I think, as we were in the middle of that. Our church really started to grow. When I, when I went down to Hepner, they voted me. It was 19 people, right? So we're talking small church. Yeah. So 19 people. So we, we, were, we were up in the mid-70s, you know, 80 people there or whatever. And um, I should mention that my wife, she was putting out, we, we put together some Passover. She did most of the work. I just took the credit. But um, <laughs> uh, she, uh, she put together some Passover meals and, and all of those kind of things. And it just the congregation was really having a great time with it. So then there's two sermon series. One, I called it Rosetta Stone. And I basically took all of these churchy words and said, look, it's like we're speaking a foreign language to people, especially we had a lot of folks in that were just basically new believers. And so I took all these words like Lord God. And what I did is I threw in the Hebrew for them Mm -hmm. and said, well, it's like a different language. How do we, how do we learn what these words mean? Like, you know, Adonai Elohim and Yeshua HaMashiach and, you know, Ruach HaKadosh and, and, and what's a, what's a Zadi? What's righteousness? What's, mm. and I just started to go through all of these mm. and uh, these words. And what was interesting is the new folks really liked it because it helped to explain words that they didn't, you know, that we throw around in church all the time. And then a lot of the, the old timers, folks, just solid, rock solid um, believers, you know, just like, hey, I'm really learning some new things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is really changing the way I'm thinking about stuff and looking at the whole of the Bible. And it was, it was, it was just, it was just a really fun, fascinating time through that, through that process. And um, uh, it was really fun. And then the second sermon series, it was like, so one of the words we hit on was, you know, Talmudim, you know, what's, what's, what's a disciple of Talmud? And so we did one on what does it mean to be Talmudim? And, and uh, so some people got some t-shirts <laughs> they had made up with, what does it mean to be Talmudim? And uh, it was just kind of fun is that what, how do we, what does that mean to be a disciple mm-hmm. and living out our faith today? And and I think it really started to resonate with folks that, um, about our walk and our faith is, you know, I, I always, I always say maybe, maybe in, in, in our, in our faith walk or in, at least in our church circles, we're a little morbid, you know, we, we, we get saved and then we wait to die so we can go to heaven instead of yeah. bringing as Dwight would say, a priest of heaven down here. Mm-hmm. And, um, that really started to resonate with people. It was like, you know, wait a minute, I, I really need to be joyous and celebrate and, and all of those things that that the the Jewish context really helps you do that idea of celebration, right? And um, so that really just it just fit 
it just it just went along really really well and um um you know it just went there and after you know about 11 years i was bivocational there um you know and i was traveling around the country and back on weekends and we had hired a full-time youth guy and um, to connect with the community in a different way and you're know, working with the youth people. And while we were there, you know, you're in a small community, you wind up pastoring all kinds of different people. And, you know, it's, you wind up being a pastor almost to the whole community, even though there were other churches there. We taught at the local high school, coached basketball, got involved wherever we could, right? Yeah. And so it was just, uh, it was just a lot of fun during that time. And eventually that led us back to Bakersfield. And I think God led us to Grace Baptist. Mm. And, um, it was just a really, uh, really interesting, uh, take into that. And, um, it's a it's a wonderful congregation. I currently serve as the elder there, as an elder there, and um, we have uh, some other guys there, great men of God, and just really enjoy our time there together. And um, one of the elders there, he's I joke with him all the time. He's notorious at getting you involved in something and then dumping it on you. <laughs> You're in charge now. So uh, yeah. he said, "Hey, can you help me out with a college group?" And next thing you know, I'm in charge of the college group. <laughs> Sounds like he's and, been doing um, this for a while. Yeah, he's yeah. a smart guy. Yes, he's yeah, he's a smart guy. No, yeah, yeah. no doubt. But I I know his shtick now, so yeah, I can <laughs> I can avoid that, right? But uh, uh, but I'm the type of person that likes to help, so he knows how to suck me in. Right. Yeah. But anyway, um, we got involved in the, the college group there, just a small group of kids. And, um, they just were just eating it up because mm. it's like, and then I like to challenge those, those tough questions of the faith, let them ask those things that they've always wanted to ask mm. and to, to get them involved. And it was just a small group of, you know, I think it was four boys and one girl. And, um, you know, the boys are always, you know, what are you going to do when you're 18, 19, 20 years old? You're looking for, you're looking for, you know, where's the girls at, right? So I said, look, you're not going to hurt my feelings if you want to go to other college groups. And this is, you really see this, that in that age, they just run from church to church in different groups. And it's very dynamic. It's not so much set in the, in the one place. And so they were going to um, some other groups. And um, while they were discussing the Bible, they'd say, hey, did you know? <laughs> hey, did you know? And they were picking up things that, I was teaching them. And then some of the other students came to him and was like, well, where did you hear that? So it started to, to, they, then they started to show up at our place and, uh, we got on the circuit and, uh, pretty soon we had about 30 kids coming from all different churches. Mm. And, um, you know, I couldn't get them out of here. You know, they'd stayed <laughs> 11, 1130 at night, you know, it was just like, and you know, I got to work. You know? <laughs> and, um, they, uh, but they would, they would ask, you know, not only a teaching, but afterwards want to stand around and talk and ask hard questions. Like we had a young gal, it was really interesting. She had been actually, um, working at a, a Christian camp for a year. And, um, she came and she told me she almost walked away from the faith. And I said, well, what, what, what was, what was the problem? She goes, well, I asked him a question about the hardening of Pharaoh's heart. And she said, I, I just didn't like the answer I got. I just couldn't believe that God. And so I said, well, Let's talk about it. So, you know, I virtually went into the Torah Club book yeah. and pulled out, the, you know, that section that has the different interpretations and meanings of the word mm -hmm. and walked her through that. And she goes, you know, if somebody would have said that to me, mm. it would have made this a whole lot easier. And so it just really, it, it resonated. And I found that message really resonated with the college-age students because um, they want to change the world, that tikkun olam, that you know, bringing it down here today. And, um, it just, the group just exploded with, uh, kids from all over in different places. Yeah. So, yeah. So that kind of brought, brings us up to, you know, to, to today. And then what happened after that, we had a Torah club. And then what happened is we, we started when Torah club officially started, we started a Torah club. And what we wound up with was getting a lot of the parents 
of the students that we were teaching. <laughs> because the students were going home and telling their parents, oh, I'm learning this and I'm learning that. And they're like, what, where, what, what, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> and so we want, so I call them teenagers, right? <laughs> so, and, and, uh, and we wound up with this Torah club group of, of people from within our church, but also from other churches and, um, uh, you know, Pentecostals and, you know, and uh, other Baptists. And we have a Catholic guy and just this, this group of uh, a kind of an eclectic group of people. And it's really turned into a, like a really unique um, community. Yeah. But, yeah. That, that brings us in. So I'm, you know, I work at the church and I teach constantly and, you know, we're doing a walk through the Genesis on Wednesday or actually walk through the Torah on, um, on uh, Wednesdays, uh, co-teaching that with our pastor. Great. And we're having a great time with that. And um, I'm doing a, the book of Ephesians on Sunday morning um, for our middle adult, uh, middle-aged adults. Um, they keep joking that I'm getting to the upper end of that, but <laughs> I work with college kids. I'll, I'm never going to get out of that group. And then, and, and then uh, you know, and then we have our Torah club and college groups. So we stay pretty busy um, um, be, being actively involved in and, um, you know, we just had a Sukkot dinner at the church. We set up a sukkah in the courtyard and mm. had a big dinner out there. We brought in like, you know, there was, there was like 70 people. We brought in tables and hung lights in the trees and had a big dinner. And it was, it was just a lot of fun and just kind of taught people about um, Sukkot. And, you know, we prayed the Hillel and it was just it was just a lot of fun. So anyway, kind of brings you up to today anyway. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. I appreciate you sharing. Um, it, it's it's interesting to hear different stories and and yours definitely seems to be more on the the sunshine and rainbows, a good experience. <laughs> I, I You said a couple things that were really interesting, which is that you had a lot of college aid students and others that would come to you with these difficult questions. You know, uh, how do I deal with this? And they were beginning to sort of challenge their paradigm. And, you know, they were saying, um, if this means this, then I have to change the way that I think about this thing. And when you sort of move outside of your normal paradigm, the paradigm that you're used to, it can cause a little disruption. Um, and I'm just curious, just in your experience, um, you know, did you ever receive pushback? Was there ever a sort of uh, accusation of Judaizing or uh, the the, fam- the most famous one is probably being legalistic and, you know, this kind of thing. It's kind of looking backwards. Did you experience any of that yourself? You know, uh, it's, been, it's been a long journey and I would say generally no. There's, there's a couple of folks, you know, you would get some pushback. Um, and when I think of pushback, I don't, I don't think of it in terms of a context where you're having a discussion back and forth where somebody's trying to understand. Right. I mean, somebody who just flat out, Hey, you, you know, you're, you're crazy. You're Jude, you know, um, I, I, I can, I can think of maybe two instances in all those years, um, mm-hmm. where, you know, one was more connected to someone who was heavily steeped maybe in uh, Calvinism and replacement theology. And so this just wasn't going to work. Right. That interpretive paradigm was not. You know, we just, we were going to click, right. you know, we both love, we both love Jesus. You know, we're going to just go our different ways and go from there. And I think another time, I think we have someone who's just, um, and this, you, you see that if you see this in Baptist world, you see this in the evangelical world in general, they're just always worried about the works-based theology, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Right. It's a works-based salvation. You hear that phrase all the time. And it's like, no, 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 let's step back. And I found that generally, if you have time to get to know people and you have a conversation, you know, their heart, they know your heart and you work through those things that. No, it's not a problem, Good point. you know, but, um, and so I, I haven't really experienced as much, but also I think from my training and what, and how I've, you know, in my, um, my job and as an engineer and building processing plants and, and, um, and organizations right now, that's what I do. I, not just the engineer now, but, 
Um, I, I call myself, <laughs> somebody asked me, what's your job role? I just, I'm pure overhead is what I am. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, what, what you do is, is you have to build that. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, there are times when an organization or something, or there's a problem where it's hemorrhaging, right? Where you, you've got to just do an emergency and you got to do whatever you got to do. But for the most part, it's, it's um, hey, let's build this one step at a time. Mm-hmm. Let's start right down here at the foundation, right? We've got to lay, you know, we've got to dig good concrete and good rebar and we got to lay a foundation and let's just start to build off of there like one piece at a time. Let's understand this and let's understand this. And if you do that just a little at a time, then um, I, I find that you don't really get, you know, get, the, get the pushback. Yeah. But, you know, I was in Hepner 11 years. I've been at Grace Baptist seven years. Right. Right. So, you know, if, if people I think sometimes we go in and we think we got to change the world in a day. And, um, you know, and, and I think it was I think maybe one of the things Dwight said was uh, something along the lines of like, look, um, we're never done. <laughs> you know, and what we, we can't uh, turn our hand away from the plow, but we're, we're never really going to be done. So, you know, that's what Shabbat's all about. Yeah. You celebrate Shabbat, not because you're done, but just because you can. Right. <laughs> and uh, that's a lesson I didn't understand as a young man. Right. <laughs> so I'm just going to tell you, uh, I've learned from my mistakes. Chapter, uh, book, book of Mistakes, chapter three, verse two. I did that. <laughs> that left a mark. Don't do that. So, um, so, you know, and that's, that's another thing with the college students imparting, just imparting that general daily wisdom. But no, I, I don't really, yeah. I, I, I don't think we've gotten uh, that much, much pushback um, from that perspective. And, and I think probably because um, I, I'm not a huge fan of confrontation. I like to j- let's just talk it out and work through it. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why we haven't experienced that. Also, I will say too, being um, being Baptist and growing up in the evangelical world, I I, I understand the hot button issues, mm. and so I know how to navigate through those a little bit. You know, I'm not gonna you know just jump right out there and slam them with things. And let's let's just talk through these things a little bit. And and also how to, where to major on majors and minor on minors, right? And I think I think that's part of my engineering training. You know, it's good enough, close enough, you know. And um and I think that's um I think that that's worked well um for us as we've done this. And um, you know, um we just so much appreciate the people that we work with. You know, they they're they're terrific people. And when you see people get that aha moment, that's the I think that's one of the greatest things about about teaching yep. is uh, seeing that aha moment when it clicks yep. in their brain and and um, yeah I'll tell you that one of those I, a quick story I had uh, um, I always was working youth camps up at um, when I was in Washington and I taught the juniors and seniors every year and the spot that we had there I, I would always tell them the story about Jacob holding on to God until he got a blessing mm-hmm. and, I, and I would tell them this week you're gonna you're gonna get a hold of God and you're gonna you're gonna hang on until you get a blessing. And um, I was I was rough on those kids. I pushed their faith. I, I wanted them to think about what they were doing and um, told them they were going to wrestle. And I said, look, your blessing is going to be a limp. Mm. You know, you're going to you're going to mm. hopefully when you leave here, every step you take will remind you of this encounter that you have this week because your walk is going to be different. Your faith walk is going to be different. So when we left Washington, they uh, they put a plaque up there. It's, it's actually out underneath some trees where there's a little um, a little venue there. And they put a big wooden plaque up there. And and because I always call the place, uh, you know, Penuel. Right. And so they, they put that up there to, to remind them that's the place where you're going to go and wrestle with God. And I think a lot of that is, uh, is, is how I, you know, I approach people. It's, let's, let's just get in here and wrestle together yeah. until we get this worked out, until we get that blessing and it changes our I love walk. love that. Yeah, you know, walk with a limp if we have to. Yeah. Um, because, uh, be, and that's a blessing. 
Yeah. Keith, I love that. I mean, I think that, you know, it's, it's, and I've seen you, I've seen you, um, for, for many, you know, m- m- several years now, just, just l- do what you're, do exactly what you're saying. It's, it's really amazing, you know, what you can say when you do so with, with a, with a humble posture and just say, Hey, you know, just trying to truly, you know, mutually learn from each other and, and, um, you know, and, and, and also I, I like what you said about just kind of understanding or you were implying, you know, just understanding what the hot button issues are. And I think especially with Baptists, you know, I, I've seen you just operate and kind of in your own way say, hey, like, we're not talking about this is not an issue of salvation. Our salvation is by grace, you know, in Yeshua alone. But as the people of God, what does it look like to walk things out and to follow how do we how do we know Jesus better? How do we follow our rabbi better? And 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 then you kind of go from there. But you've if you if you establish that as I've seen you do many many times, it disarms the the, the legalism the, the the scent in the mind of that that other person that scent of legalism that they may have. Um, you know when you start talking about Torah or Jewish roots or or Shabbat Sabbath, and so uh, I think that's a really really important point. Torah Club is the world's fastest-growing Messianic Jewish Bible study. You can start or join a club today at TorahClub.org. Know Jesus better through an in-depth small group Bible study and fellowship with other like-minded disciples. Start a club or join a club at TorahClub.org. Torah Club is where disciples learn. Keith, I've uh, as we've talked many times, I've uh, also been... Uh, closely connected to the Southern Baptist Convention for a long time, uh, I've shared with you and and uh, you know, and others that uh, I became a, a follower of of Yeshua in a Baptist church, um, and and was part of the Baptist church for about ten years. And during that time, I got Southern Baptist ordination and seminary degree from Liberty, which is a Baptist university. And so I, I have a lot of experience as a Messianic Jew in connection to the Southern Baptist Convention. So that makes us a good team when we go to the Southern Baptist Convention. We both yeah. understand, you know, that world um, in, in, in a real way. Uh, but something I've observed um, is that on a broad level, more than any other Protestant denomination that I know of, uh, the Southern Baptist Convention is positive towards Israel and Messianic Jewish teaching. Um, what is it about the Southern Baptist Convention that leads to that sort of general culture of receptivity to these ideas? Um, I'd have to say interpretive framework. Okay. And let me, let, me t- let me tell you what I mean here. So Baptists want to know and understand their Bible. They want to know the richness it brings. They want the Bible to inf- inform their faith and their walk. And there's large portions of the Bible that, frankly, many people don't know how it fits into their faith mm-hmm. or what it means. And I think, I think it's it's not malevolence, right? It's 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 there's these vestiges of replacement theology that that says the Tanakh, the Old Testament, is done away with, or it's or it's a metaphor, and that doesn't fit the Baptist interpretive framework. Mm. It's all God's word. It's all matters. It's literal. You know, that's where they're going to go with it. When it says Israel, for the most part, all the time, it means Israel, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and as they understand context and meaning and the importance of the Torah, and you, in essence, demystify it, right? Mm. Um, it brings a fullness and directions. And Baptists embrace it. I embrace it. We embrace that, that, that thinking. 
and what happens is is that is that it just doesn't the Torah just doesn't get studied. It just doesn't get looked at because, you know, frankly, look, read some of the, grab the book of Leviticus, pick it up and read it. All right, come on. There's some stuff in there. It's just like, yeah, it's a head scratcher, you know, <laughs> what are we going to do here? You know? And so without understanding the interpretive framework, it just, it's just like, eh. And, and I'm going to say, you know, you know, having been a pastor of a church, right. And, 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 and Ryan, you understand, you understand this leading a congregation. It's, it's, um, it's a lot of time and, you know, you don't go into depth into the stuff in seminary and, and to, to step back and take the time to really dig into that stuff, you know, um, you know, God bless them. You know, that pastor's jobs, it's a tough job. It is. Yeah. And I think the only reason that I have the time to do it is because I was in a little town in the middle of nowhere and I could mm -hmm. just dig in and do what I needed to do. I didn't have all the distractions of a, of a city or anything, but I, 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 I think that that that's the piece, Brian, it's that interpretive framework. And that's why, and I think, I don't think, it's just going to be Baptist. I think we've right. had some success on maybe in the Southern Baptist Convention because of yourself and myself and, you know, Robbie Gallaty and some of those individuals, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I think the evangelical church in general is going to be positive towards that. And, um, you know, I've been thinking about uh, a comment. Um, one of my, one of the students that used to be part of my college group lives in Arkansas and went to the, you know, the Shalom tour and talked with, um, and, and, and had some conversation. And, you know, they, he, they tend to be more in the, maybe the Pentecostal side of things. And talking about, and he and I have, and, and, and his and his wife, um, we've had some, and my wife, we've had some conversations. As to, well, how how do you make inroads there and in going in that thing? And he's he's a dynamic young man, and I'm I'm hoping maybe we can we can see some inroads there as well, you know. And um, I think it could be powerful. But Ryan, I just think it's the interpretive framework. Baptists want to know; they just need someone to come in and tell them what it is, and to demystify it, and to make it not scary, and and you know, take our time and walk through it. Just like we do at the, at the convention, you know, you just, yeah. you bring up a couple of connections between, you know, first chapter of John and Genesis and, and, um, you know, Revelation, or you pick up on the, you know, what is the feast in John seven, or mm -hmm. you start in what's the last day of the feast, the great day. And you start to make these connections and you start pulling them in and man, boom, they're in yeah. because they want to know that their Bible. And when it informs, when it informs the new Testament in a deeper, more powerful way, which we all know it does, right? Yeah. Makes that make sense? Then they're they're they they love it. They love that 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 walk. And 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 when you can demystify, it's not legalism. Mm -hmm. It's not works based salvation. It's walking in the fullness of your salvation. Walking in the fullness of faith. Mm -hmm. And um and uh, that you know that the first thing I heard from Dwight Pryor, whole gospel for a whole man, and he, he talks about that. And he gets to the end, and he has a phrase. He says, he said, "Why do we need this whole gospel?" So because we have people walking around in our churches, saved and going to heaven, and, and still broken, mm. still living in brokenness. That's why we need the whole gospel. Mm. And, um, and I think that, that, that the Torah helps to bring that connection. He, I use this all the time. He, he, he said this, um, saved out of Egypt by the blood of the Lamb and the finger of God, mm. and taken down to Mount Sinai to get Egypt out of them mm. Mm. to teach them how to live as truly free people to be a kingdom of priests and connect God with man. Wow. And if that isn't a simple gospel, a simple message for what it is to be a disciple, you know, before we head off across, I, I actually did, um, actually did a, um, uh, like a disciple, uh, retreat for a bunch of high school kids. I was invited to be the speaker and that was my, I, I titled it, come to the mountain. And I talked to them, you know, these are all kids that have grown up in church. You guys have, you're all out of Egypt and you head off across the desert on your own. And that's just going to be a dry place. 
You need to come down to the mountain and learn how to get Egypt out of you. And then God will get you to the place of promise. He'll take you there. But yeah, there's a way to get there. Yeah. There's a way to get there. And uh, I just think those that that was, it was, it was just fun. And then I connected it to the Sermon on the Mount, you know, that I called constant. I think it's, um, I don't know if it was Stott or somebody like that, but they call it the constitution of a kingdom people. Right. <laughs> so I connected that to Sermon on the Mount and then we went through both of those things. And, and I think it was, it was, um, I, I, I just, I, that living out your faith today. I don't know. I, I got off the question, but no, I think great, that's Keith. really, that's I think that's really why, um, why, uh, it, it works so well in, um, in, and people want that. Yeah. We need that today in, in our today's culture. It's like, it's the antidote you know, yeah. to what's, what's going on in the world around us today. And they want that. They want, they want to see a difference between where they're living and what's going on in the world around them. And, um, we often don't see that. And so they embrace that and move on from there. Yeah, I can I can just you know keep listening to you just go on. I mean, I love <laughs> I'm just like raptured, um, but I, I love that. I really I enjoy that perspective, and and I think that's awesome. Yeah, we talked a little bit about um, the Southern Baptist Convention in Nashville this year, and you know I was so impressed by how busy the booth was, and and really the whole convention was was slamming. But the first fruits of Zion booth was really it was very busy, and and I know you guys ran most of it, and I think you sat for a few minutes the whole day each you know <laughs> each day because um, there were so many people, and I just kind of uh, wanted to ask you what your experience was at the Southern Baptist Convention, and um, you know what you see happening among leaders and and specifically regarding their interest in Messianic Jewish teaching. Yeah. Well, first off, we get overwhelmingly positive responses at the convention. And, you know, as Ryan mentioned earlier, we've been to, you know, I don't know, every one of them. I know it's four or five. We've missed one because of COVID, but mm. um, uh, it's a it's a blast. It's fun. We look forward to it every year um, and just because of uh, just the dynamic of being able to interact with people, but overwhelmingly positive responses at the convention. Um, they love to talk about the Bible, and when you can quickly show you those connections, uh, they get excited. And when they get excited, then the conversation just ratchets up, and you know it's just there, and you're just, you know, things are going, and you just have a, they just have a good time because they all like to talk about the Bible, right? And True, so I do yeah. too. So it's just like away we go, you know. Here, here it is, and then uh, you know once in a while they throw in something that's a little tougher question, especially from the messianic point of view. And I said, like, well, sure. let me bring in Ryan here. <laughs> here's Damien. Here's da Damien has a good. He'll have a good answer for this one so it's good backup there was one uh, one person that came up and started to ask damien some questions about baptist eschatology and oh boy his eyes glazed over he's like he looks over at me and goes hey, let me help you out here <laughs> felt felt good that i got to do that at least once you know yeah. to kind of jump in and help him out but um but overwhelmingly positive and what's really been fun is now we're starting to see people coming back who we've seen in previous years right and they're cool. like you know I, I, I did a I did a Passover at our church or, or you know, I got this Torah club and, and I started studying the materials and we're doing this or, you know, we're doing these things and see them excited and how their churches are growing. And and um, and again, a lot of that connection, people coming in want to understand that connection. And, you know, when um, I thought uh, this is a, this is a great line with uh, at the convention and, and I can't take credit for it. I give Damien credit for it once. After that, I'll take credit for it. But <laughs> he um, but uh, he, he somebody asked him, what's this all about? He says, you know, we teach Jews about Jesus and we teach Gentiles about Yeshua. Mm -hmm. And I thought, 
well, that's kind of, that was kind of clever. And uh, I think <laughs> that really resonated with those folks. It's like, oh, they want to understand that. And I think it was a, it, it's a good, it was a, it was a good mix, but it's been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, we really enjoy going there. And now even some of the people that operate the booths, you know, so a few years ago, we got to meet some of them because when you get a little bit of downtime, which hasn't been very often, they'll come over and talk to you. They want to know what's going on. Right. And, um, man, I go look them up and they come look me up and we have conversations and, and it's just been, uh, it's been really great. Um, great. um re- really enjoy it. Look, looking forward to next year. Yeah. So um, yeah, we, we set in- that up on our schedule and away we go. So, um, yeah, it's a lot we're of fun. You're neck of the woods next year for the SBC and, uh, at least relatively speaking, we'll be in Anaheim. So that'll be nice. Oh uh, yeah. I'd, I'd rather go someplace else, but that's okay. <laughs> 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 yeah. Whenever it happens in California, it's always, ah, it's Anaheim again. So, you know, it's, it's all right. That's all right. Hey, uh, Keith, yeah. um, you know, we, we, we all, of course, are in agreement that it's such a good thing to see the, the growing interest among Baptists and other Christians regarding the Jewish Jesus and, Messianic Jewish teaching, really just those ideas therein, are, they're just becoming more normalized um, to where it's not such a surprise for a Baptist or a Pentecostal or a Presbyterian to meet somebody who, who who's who's passionate about this, to meet a Keith Price or a, you know, a Robbie Gallaty or, or whoever it may be. Um, and so I guess, you know, lots of Christians are warming up to this concept. However, some folks who are warming up to this concept of Messianic Jewish teaching uh, are still reluctant to fully embrace the ongoing role of the Torah for disciples of Jesus today. Um, so, what I got a t- kind of a tough question for you, but I but I you know I know you've you've had this question before. Um, what would you tell a fellow Baptist who has some reluctance about the role and value of the Torah for disciples of Jesus today? Yeah, well, we, we get that question, you know, something along those lines. It's like, well, do I have to follow this? Do I have to do that? And, you know, what, what does it mean to me? And, you know, I, w- I always like to say, well, first off, you know, you know, what parts of the Torah apply to you? Well, the parts that apply to you <laughs> hasn't changed. still applies to you. It's the way it is, you know. Um, um, and then to be able to you know, some things don't apply to you. And then there's some things that are kind of in that middle ground that you, you can, you can kind of uh, embrace. But I, so I, I think that's, that's where part of the conversation goes. It's like, oh, wait a minute, you're, you're already doing most of this tour. You're already doing big chunks of this tour, right? right? So right. go back and take a look at this. And then, um, then trying to break down this, the works-based salvation thing is, is key to, to as well. And understand that this is a celebration. This is joy. This is um, living truly free lives. It's, it's that thing. And, and I, I tend to want to lead them down to that idea of the fullness of salvation. That's, that's I mean, um, I think that that's the place to, to go with them. And, hmm. um, you know, to pick up on that, um, I, I, lo- I just love that, that Dwight Pryor coming out of Egypt thing, right? So, um, it's real simple. He redeemed them out of Egypt. He takes them down to Mount Sinai and he reveals himself to who he is. They respond with whatever you said we will do. And as they walk that out, he rules in their life. And then he takes them to a place of reward. Hmm. And that's, that's and, and to a place of promise and to live out the fullness of that salvation. And, and, and I talk a lot about the fullness of salvation. I think it's a big deal. I said, look, you're going to get to a place of promise. And you're still going to fight battles there, but it, God takes you to a place where he can bless you in ways that you can't begin to imagine. Yeah. A, a metaphorical, if it were, land of milk and honey, maybe even a place of affliction. 
You know, this is Sukkot. You know, we just, that's what we just celebrated. Right. And I, I, I think that those words reson, resonate, right? And it especially resonates with the young people. That's why I love teaching that age and, and, and getting involved in that because teaching them to be a kingdom of priests, teaching them about tikkun alam. They want to change the world today. They don't want to wait till they die to mm. enjoy their faith. Yeah. They want to enjoy it today. And um, I think that that's the place that I go with them when, when they're reluctant to teach, reluctant to understand the role of the Torah is just to, First off, help them to understand the role of the Torah and what that means, and and um, and then go on from there. So, but um, and and again, too, the, a lot of these conversations aren't easy things to do, like right off the get go. Yep. You, you got to develop right. relationships and talk to people and spend time and let, allow them to see your heart and you see their heart and help them to work through those things. Right. And know when to major on major and minor on minors. Right. So, all right, right. We're just gonna let that one go for now. Let's not let's, let's not really talk about that, and and then we'll we'll move on from there. And let's in one step at a time. It's building it. One step at a time. You build, yeah. How do you build a big processing plant? Start one step at a time. And you just got to add all those pieces together. And when it gets to the end and you see the thing starting to work, it's, it's, there's just a lot of joy in that. You know, I, I see a lot of connections there. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think this trend that is, you know, we're seeing Christians turning back to Torah, do you find a sort of prophetic – I mean, we talked about uh, – you just mentioned Sukkot. And I know here in Nashville there's many – Gentile disciples of Yeshua that are that uh, you know participated in Sukkot and and you know we don't see it as a commandment to us it doesn't really have anything to do with salvation it's um, uh, and yet in what time in history do you find Christians all across the world uh, you know more or less uh, Christians all across the world uh, celebrating uh, the biblical festivals and 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 trying to do so in a way that is out of respect of Judaism and Jewish people, um, you know, do you do you find a prophetic significance here, or you know, some type of preview of the the kingdom? Well, I I do, and maybe soon and in our days, right? Yeah, I, mean. I, I, I do, <laughs> I do, I do see that. So, um, yeah, I, I think you know, you think about it, that's Zachariah. That's what he's talking about. Sukkot, we're all going to celebrate together and pick that up at our dinner on our Sukkot dinner that we had at the church, and and. Um, you know, it was interesting because we had some folks that um, that couldn't attend because they had been exposed to COVID. So, um, we, you know, we had we had someone he, he hooked it up on his Facebook and live streamed it. And we wound up with some folks looking at it, you know, with a whole bunch of Hebrew letters. <laughs> you, know, you know, and it was just interesting that there's this connection going on around the world. And, and if I were looking. Um, you know, at that little you know live stream, it'd be like, yeah, this is prophetic. This is Zachariah. Yeah. The, the, gen, the Gentiles are celebrating code. You know, they're they're trying. They're trying to. Fi they're figuring this out, and I I think it is. I, I think it is. You know, I, I'm I've never been much of a, a timeline, you know, finger pointer kind of a guy, but I, I do see I do see a change. Um, and um, but I think especially the church in America, we have to. Yeah. We have to change. Yeah. Or we're going to yeah. become irrelevant if we mm. we are already mostly there, right? Mm. So um, you know, but but at the same time. Sukkot teaches us that you're going to have joy no matter where you're at, right? Right. You know, you, don't, you know, Christians throughout the world, believers in Yeshua throughout the world, throughout the centuries, no matter what government they live under, no matter where they are, what's going on, they can live with joy. And um, I think that's uh, I think that's a message that Sukkot teaches us, and I think that's a message that that resonates as well. And I and I think it is prophetic, and um, um, I just um, I'm going to love to watch it unfold. As, as long as, uh, as as God lets me walk on, on the face of this earth, you know? Yeah, yeah no, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Keith. I mean, you know, one of the foundational, really the foundational verse for First Fruit Design 
uh, that, that has always given inspiration and direction for our organization is Isaiah 2.3, which talks about the Torah going forth from Zion. You know, that the peoples will 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 be coming to Jerusalem to, to learn Torah. And, and of course, we we really emphasize strongly at, at FFOZ in our teaching that that does not mean that Gentiles become Jews, but it does mean that the Torah has value and meaning and instruction for the entire world. And this, this restoration um, that we're seeing of that concept uh, among you know, many, many Christians, and I would say, you know, in, in, a, in a particular way among Baptists, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. What we're seeing and, and even have the privilege to participate in, it is prophetic. And, um, and, and so, um, you know, obviously we don't want to puff ourselves up, but it is really, you know, God is doing something unique through your work and, and so many other people, uh, both inside and outside of Torah Club and the FFOC Network, uh, and it's it's really really exciting and just in a specific so I want to kind of we're gonna kind of bring this turn the corner here and um, you know kind of kind of bring this to a close here in just a few minutes but I, I do want to talk a little bit more along that line about specifically what's uh, what's happening in Bakersfield so just tell us again about a little bit I want to hear a little more about your Torah Club because it, it's really a special place you've got a lot of college kids and in a Bible study and then now the parents so. You know, tell tell us a little bit more about what your Torah club is like. Yeah, sure. I'd like to do that. I, I was going to bring up, though, you're talking about being puffed up. A minute ago, you mentioned my name and Robbie Gallaty in the same sentence. So I'm, I'm, feeling, pretty, <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, anyway, yeah, so, right um, yeah, our Torah club and, and our college group, um, uh, it's been it, I, it's just a spectacular group of people. You know, um, you know, our college group grew real big and then. I married a bunch of them off <laughs> and now they're spreading out all over the country. Right. Um, and, um, and many of them are moving on into Torah club proper. Right. So, um, as, as, as that goes, um, and then, you know, we, we started small, um, and that it's just started to grow and we've got these parents and what's been, what's been interesting about our Torah club is that these folks, I would just describe them as a room full of leaders. And so now what we have is, you know, the one couple that moved to Arkansas, but when they were here going to their church, they started teaching the young marrieds. And what did they teach? Pastor asked them to teach a, a lesson, a series of lessons on the Ten Commandments. Mm. So they came over, grabbed all my materials, walked off. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, they're, they're going to do that in Arkansas, I guarantee. They're, they're looking at starting a Torah club in Arkansas, yeah. right? They're, they're going that way. Back here, we've got, you know, um, um, Another gentleman that went to his, and he goes to a very large church here in town. Hey, um, I'd like to walk through the Gospels chronologically. Can I teach a Sunday school class? Yeah. So he's starting to teach a Sunday school class, um, mm. doing that stuff. And one of the other students um, is co-teaching it with him. And he's one of the college-age students, brilliant young man, um, um, and is, is co-teaching with him. We have one of the, the mothers of the, the teenagers who's also been a member of our Torah Club is, is, um, is uh, wanting to start a Torah Club herself mm. and uh, to do that. And we've got uh, two others that are just, we're just waiting to, to spawn new groups, right? Yeah. As, we, as we get more people or, or different times, they can't meet at that time, or maybe it's a Bible study or maybe it's during the day, you know, or something along those lines. So we have, we have uh, that, that uh, dynamic going on as well. And then 
we had one of the ladies here. Um, she has a friend in Indiana and started talking to her friend in Indiana. Next know her friend in Indiana is running a high episode with her family and friends. And there's 15 people there. And, um, you know, they're, and, you know, they're, they're talking about that. And we had some other folks, well, we may be moving out of Bakersfield. I need to look for a Toro club. I said, you need to look, you're going to start one, mm. you know, you're, you're a leader. And it, it's just a, it's just a really fantastic dynamic group. And, um, and, um, and they pray for one another, they support one another. Um, uh, we, you know, we, we lift each other up. We ask, you know, we ask tough questions, um, you know, and we, we get that stuff. And then I think the other piece of that that's been exciting is, is, you know, just th seeing them walking through how they're going to live out what they're learning. You know, and I think that that phrase from the DDK, you know, do what you can kind of a thing mm. has been really helpful because we're Baptists. We don't think that way. So you got to do it all. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, all right, let's just back off of this a little bit. Let's and let's walk through that. and watching them live in some really powerful ways um, uh, that I think that would be appropriate as well. Um, and then, um, you know, we spawned another, you know, series of leaders um, that are running a separate group, but they're here in Bakersfield as well, the Schlossers. And, um, you know, it's been really fun for them and their group. And so then our groups get together uh, when we do like celebrations and stuff. And, um, you know, uh, they've been key um, people in um, this whole growth pattern here in Bakersfield. And um, I know Ryan knows Rob. Some of you guys know Rob. He's, he's mm -hmm. just a, he's kind of a fun guy. You know, if you ever, if you ever meet Rob once, you, you won't forget him because he's yeah. like 6'4 and just retired from the CHP. And so... You know, you may be talking to him, but you might be thinking you're getting interrogated too. <laughs> you know, it's just like say the bright lights on you, right? And um, and uh, yeah, and um, um, we just had a call from a guy who um, he uh, he works in. So we had a tour club over in on the coast of California. We had our Shalom tour. They came over and visited, and they have a friend here in Bakersfield who's interested in doing some tour club stuff. But he's a bivocational pastor, and then he's he heads up like the prison ministry. Well, there's a guy in prison that um, wanted uh, some Jewish information. So this guy reached out to his friend who reached out to us. And we put together, you know, based upon their club and our club and people who miss and drop out or do whatever, we had enough of the leftover pamphlets. So we put together some, some Torah club, you know, unrolling the scroll to be able to take to this guy in the prison ministry. And so who knows, maybe that'll start something over here at the local prison as, as well. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And so, you know, we, we just, you know, uh, Blackaby had that uh, phrase, you know, you just see where God's working and then join them in that work, yeah. wherever that might be. And I think that that's kind of what we've, we've tried to do. Um, now, for us, that's going to mean, you know, I think at times, Ryan I, and, and Ruben, I, I, I think it's going to mean that people are going to move on. Mm -hmm. And these have become really close friends. And, um, and that's going to be, uh, that'll be hard. And, and, you know, it might be that God will move us on someday. Right. Um, you know, but, uh, but what's, what's, what's interesting, we also had a student in Kansas that went to the Shalom tour. And we had some friends, I think, that were maybe back in the D.C. area. And I think that might have went to one. And I think, I think uh, a boy is like, man, these Bakersfield people are like rats. You can't keep them oh, up. Yeah. They just, they're, just, they're just everywhere. You know? They're no, just going he, all over. I'm sure yeah, he meant and, that in the most loving way possible. No, I, well, he didn't say that. That's just my, my interpretation of what was going on in his brain. You know? oh, okay. It's yeah. just like, it's just they're, like everywhere. they're everywhere. You know? They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Just yeah. can't. And so, um, you know, yeah, and, awesome. yeah so... We, you know, look, uh, we want to wind them up and turn them loose. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah, right. That's, that that's, way. that's, that's, that's the kingdom principles. If, um, okay. you know, um, I had, a, 
once when I was in Hepner, I ran into a guy. He's, um, he was a, he had a theological position that um, I, I just can best describe as extreme dispensationalism. And I'm not going to go into a long conversation, but um, for, for that particular position, there is no there's the kingdom. There's no kingdom, you know, right now. There's no kingdom now, I think, and there's no already here. So um, I was standing next to his pickup truck. He motioned me over as I came out of the grocery store in a little town. And he goes, well, you know, there's no kingdom, right? And I said, well, is Jesus your king? And he said, yeah. I said, well, Jesus is my king. Sounds like we've got a kingdom going. <laughs> and, right, right, he didn't know what to nice. say. And I said, look, if the kingdom grows in your life and the kingdom grows in my life, is the kingdom not growing? Yeah. yeah and he didn't good. quite know how to answer that. And, um, and, that, and, that, and that's, that's really what we're trying to do with Torah Club. We're trying to grow the yeah. kingdom. You know, one person at a time, you know, and if the kingdom grows in my life and grows in their lives, next thing you know, the kingdom's growing and we're doing what we've been called to do, right? Right. It's make disciples, grow the kingdom. And I, and I think that that's an important piece and it fits so well into what we're trying to do, not just in Torah Club, but in, in faith in general and the church in general, this is what we're at, we're at, we're trying to do. And uh, what does it mean to be Talmudim? Let's go do that. And, um, and let's, and amen. let's be a part of that. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I love what you said about, um, you know, winding people up and letting them loose. I, I really feel in a way it, it is, it, there's a sense of excitement that I have with Torah Club for that very reason, because it's sort of a return to the model of discipleship where the, you have this, this master, this rabbi, this sage who would teach a group of students and he relied on them to carry out his mission and, and live what he was teaching and to teach others to do so as well. And I, I see that happening in a way with Torah Club, uh, you know, it, the tagline is, is where disciples learn. And, and that is true. That's exactly what we're doing is, is these disciples are learning. And, and that's part of that, that growth, you know, and I, I'm curious about you serving as an, as an elder in a Baptist church there in uh, Bakersfield, you know, what do the other leaders in your church think about Torah Club? You know, what, what, what you represent to someone who promotes uh, Messianic Jewish teaching? Well, um, you know, I think first, when we first got there, maybe there was a few odd looks, right? But Baptists <laughs> love good in-depth Bible teaching. This is straight yeah. up, you know, they yeah, love it. Yeah. They love the beauty of the Bible. And, but this is my community, right? Mm -hmm. This is my church. I love these people. They love me. We're all together. We all, we all love each other. And they know my heart and I know theirs, right? And, um, you know, Grace Baptist Church is, it's my church. It's our church um, together as a people. And, um and we're, we're, we're all doing our best, you know, to grow the kingdom. So I, I think there was a little bit um, of some, some odd things, you know, that maybe, oh, what's, what's that all that about? And there's still a few folks once in a while, it's like, Sukkot, you know, that's a that Jewish thing. You know, so <laughs> you get a little bit of that stuff going on, but um, generally, generally not. It's been, it's been really good. And um, when I get a chance to teach, which I do often, and occasionally I fill in as preacher or whatever when, when, uh, Andy's gone. Our pastor's gone. You know, it's 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 been been really good response, and um, pe people just they just they want they just want good teaching, and they want to be they want to know how their faith connects. And, and you know, at first, look again, it's it's you don't go in there, you know, swinging. You you know, you, how do you build it? You build it one little step at a time, and you know, we're gonna it, it's you, you and then you just take the time. You know, again, I've been there. Let's see, we've been there. It's almost seven years now, hmm. and. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, I, honestly, I thought that when, when they asked me if I was interested in being an elder and they had, a, you know, an informational packet, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't know how that would go necessarily. And um, so I, I answered the questions. I think it was 
22 typewritten pages. <laughs> that sounds like Keith uh, Price right there. That's all. And, and yeah, that's right. That's right. So in, in, in my good, and my good friend who dumped the college group on me, and he is a good friend. He's a great guy. We, we joke back and forth all the time. And, and, uh, he said, well, you typed a lot. And I says, well, I wasn't sure if you could read. So I just wanted to make sure that anyway, so we went, <laughs> we went back and forth and, um, you know, I, I went through, I, I went through the vetting process and we, we talk yeah. about some, some, some of those concepts that, you know, are a little, a little tougher. And I can remember one particular, I'm not going to get into the subject, what it was. I can remember one topic and, and uh, I was getting some pushback from a couple of the guys and I was pushing right back at them. And, um, it was going back and forth. And finally, Andy, our pastor at the end, he said, hey, guys, you know, step back for a minute. Keith is right here. And this is why. And um, when that happened, all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute. This is this is this is legit. And um, yeah. and it was and it's been good. It's been good to be a part of those guys. They're all godly men. And and we love each other. We support each other. We don't always agree on things, you know, in, in any type of an organization. But uh, it's been it's been a, a re- overwhelmingly positive response. And and, um, you know, a lot of churches suffered through covid. A lot of churches really suffered, and um, we've got quite a few here in Bakersfield that might not make it, but ours didn't. Ours ours thrived through COVID, I think, as well as anything, and we've seen a lot of new faces and a lot of new people, and mm. um, we 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 have the opportunity to really launch out, and um, and we're excited about that, about to be able to make a kingdom impact here in Bakersfield, um, and um, and I think um, you know um, you know as one of the people that teaches a lot there that. There, there's there's a lot falls you know falls to that teaching and where we're going with that and I think that's going to be a, a good influence and a positive influence mm. yeah yeah Keith you know a, a theme that's recurring here that I'm you know with, with everything you've said today and everything I've just, I've observed in your life and it's it's relationship it's it's building these relationships where people like you they trust you and that gives you i guess the the relational capital to be able to 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 present ideas which which challenge the status quo uh in a way that people are willing to receive it because they've received you and right. and that's a great example uh i think for all of us uh to 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 take here so i appreciate that so hey Keith, uh, we're going to wrap this up, man. But uh, I think Ruben and I both um, just, you know, would would agree that we could we could keep going, and and oh, yeah. uh, we we just love being around you and talking. I'm already to you thinking and, at Anaheim, maybe we can do right. a, a follow up podcast yeah, we at the next day too. <laughs> yeah, live live action <laughs> yeah. in Anaheim and next summer. So uh, it's great. You know, Keith, you're doing great kingdom work. You and Dina, uh, and and I know we we have, we touched uh, on your your wife Dina, but she's. She, you guys are an incredible team, and she's yeah. she's so good at, at the booth and talking with people, and she's a huge huge part of everything yeah. that you mentioned today, and and so we just we love her and are just thankful for both yeah. of you because uh, you're really she pushes you're, you're, me. She does, yeah. yeah. She's yeah. She she's, yeah. I don't know. No, she she's uh she's spectacular, mm-hmm. and um and uh, I couldn't do this couldn't do this without her, and yeah. I, I will I will say. I'll, I'll be honest. A lot of my growth, personal growth, and messianic Judaism, and understanding those concepts has been just the two of us working that together. But her, yeah. you know, um, yeah. uh, walking together with me side by side. But her, and sometimes, hey, think about this, or hey, think about that. And mm-hmm. um, that's beautiful. you know, I talk a lot. You know, that would be a whole other story for another day. But she yeah. is a truly a Genesis two woman, right? Mm-hmm. We're going back to the we're going back to the garden to build a beautiful space to walk with our King and. And, um, and that is, uh, that is, uh, that is without her, I don't know what I would do, yeah. you know, so I'm just, I'm just going to be honest with you. So I, I, I just want to make sure, you know, I, I, I tend to be the one up front, but, um, 
you know, she is, she is definitely, uh, definitely a, a, a big part of my life. Yeah. 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 The uh, part of my life, you know, other yeah. than, other than my faith, you know? Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. So, uh, you know, you're, you're, as we've already noted, it's funny, I talked to Boaz this morning. He was talking about the number of people that he met on the Shalom tours. He was traveling around the U.S. this summer <laughs> that that are that were, were from your group. And so, you know, you're yeah. touching folks in Bakersfield, <laughs> so California, cool. and, and beyond. And and I think that, you know, we talked about this earlier, the work you're a part of and, you know, you're, you're you know, that I'm a part of, the Reuben and the, the you know, the the Torah Club and, and beyond and, and pe- plenty of people outside of the Torah Club and FFZ Network. It, it's really a prophetic and it's a great example of the Torah going forth from Zion as the prophets uh, mm-hmm. indicated would happen in the end of days. And so, you know, you're you're a vessel and we're all trying to be vessels to, to bring Torah forth to disciples in our community. So, Hey man, we appreciate your friendship, your partnership, and, uh, we look forward to more great fruit and great conversations, uh, in the future. Yep. Anaheim. We're ready. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Let's get our tickets. All right. <laughs> Bye now. Thanks for being with us today. Hey, Ruben, uh, man, what Keith is doing uh, is very inspiring. He, he really represents uh, something fantastic uh, that is happening uh, in the church regarding you know, restoring the Jewish Jesus. So uh, what, what was it? What was the takeaway from for you uh, from our conversation with Keith today? I'd say he touched on so many different things that um, I guess I've experienced in my own life and even from the sort of paradigm shifting occurrences where you hear something and you question it and then you have to question something else. And But I think ultimately what I see is that the, the people that belong to the, the, the Baptist denomination do share a lot in common or more in common with, I would say, Messianic Judaism or even uh, might go as far to say as the Jewish people insofar as their love of Israel, their love of the Word of God, and their response to uh, the work of, of what Torah Club is doing, but, but really the restoration of, of the sort of Jew, Jewish Jesus. So it's exciting to me to see, and when we were at the Southern Baptist Convention, it was exciting to experience these questions and these eager people, you know, they would see the logo and it has the, you know, the little, the Torah scroll up there. Oh, what's that? I could see, you could see it on their face. What's that? What's that? You know, and they they want to know more about it, and they're they're kind of drawn to it. And I think, um, you know, in the episode that we had with Boaz, um, he was very careful to say, um, and it's not just being humble, but he's very careful to say it's not really anything that First Roots of Zion is is doing, but rather it is a move of the Holy Spirit. I mean, he described that his experience happened removed from that back in the two thousands, and that he experienced it, and God is awakening people and. And so I see this as a prophetic reinsurgence, and, and it's exciting. Yeah, I, I'm I'm just uh, I'm thrilled. What about you? What what were some of your uh, key takeaways? Well, like you, I mean, there you know when I talk to Keith Price, there's always a lot to to, to think about, and um, and it's it's and so um, there were theological points, but I, I just kind of my mind keeps going back to just his emphasis and example when it comes to building relationships and the importance mm-hmm. of of playing the long game. I mean that's something with that I moving slow. I mean he really emphasized that you know you don't go in with this 
you know, any any kind of knowledge that you think you have um, with guns <laughs> with with guns ablazing, thinking yeah. that you're going to uh, bring about the, the the change that you think you know should happen right away. Right. And so Keith and Dina, you know, it's it's a, it's really a beautiful thing. I mean, they they don't have a, a a trail of destruction behind them. They have a lot of they've they've got a trail of peace and impact, and I think that's because they have. Uh, not tried to do too much, um, and and they've just been very steady in sharing about the Jewish Jesus, about the role of Torah for them as disciples, about you know Jewish and Gentile identity and distinction, all these things. But they're very you know doing that in a way that's patient, trying to understand the assumptions of the person that you're speaking to. Um, those are all the things that Keith. Those are those are some of the things Keith touched on today that I think that it's like, if you don't have those things in place, our theology and our Bible knowledge and, and, and the con all these things, none of it matters because you're just going to blow yeah. people out of the water. Right. And so right. um, I think Keith and Dina have been a great example of that. And uh, I'm very, very grateful for that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's Yeshua's method too. I mean, he mm -hmm. spent a lot of time, uh, well, all of his time <laughs> uh, teaching his disciples, but all the crowds that gathered me spoke in parables. He spoke about these things in in roundabout ways to try to get them to understand it of their own accord. And I think that's really important. You can't beat somebody over the head with this and expect them to, to right. respond positively, but rather show them a different way of thinking and have them question that themselves. And then when they think of that, they come to their own conclusions, it's going to stick better than anything else that you can, you can teach them. So yeah, I think, I think that is wonderful. Yep. Yep. Well, Hey, uh, Ruben, uh, this has been a good conversation today. And again, I'm thankful we're both, uh, healthy again and, and, and able to, to, to team up to do this together. Yeah. I mean, I'm grateful I mean. as well. All right. Well, Hey, thanks for joining us on Messiah podcast today. Shalom to everyone. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Messiah Podcast, where Jesus is Jewish and that changes everything. This podcast is an extension of Messiah Magazine available at messiahmagazine.org. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review along with a five-star rating wherever you're listening now. Today's podcast was hosted by myself, Ryan Lambert, along with Ruben Ramos. Our executive producer is Boaz Michael and the editor-in-chief is Daniel Lancaster. This episode was directed and edited by Jeremy Schoenwald. Original music was written and performed by Joshua Aaron. And the show notes for Messiah Podcast were edited by Candy Bishop and are available at messiahpodcast.org. If you're interested in learning more about the Bible from a Messianic Jewish perspective, check out Torah Club which is an international network of small study groups who meet weekly to study the Bible together from a Messianic Jewish perspective. To start a club or join a club, go to TorahClub.org. Until next time, Shalom.
Let the waters cover the sea.